Greetings and welcome to Stamper Cinema. As always, I'm your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. Once again, continuing along our Ted Lasso season two recap series. We are now on episode four, which is titled Carol of the Bells. This week's episode was written by Joe Kelly and directed once again by Declan Lowney, who I believe directed episode one and two, or at least one of them. I can't recall. I can't recall. But anyway, Declan Lowney returns to direct this particular episode. So let's get into it. We have now reached the Christmas episode of Ted Lasso. And I got to tell you, I was a fan. I was a fan of this episode. I, I don't know if I came off a little harsh on the last episode. If I did, I do apologize. I really did enjoy episode three. I just didn't think it was as good as a couple other episodes we had seen thus far. But regardless, we're back and we're back with a vengeance for episode four. There's a lot, there's a lot really to enjoy with this particular one, beginning of which with that brilliant, absolutely brilliant claymation opening credit sequence. I, I don't know about you, but I, I loved it. It took me back to obviously all those claymation Christmas shows when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, I loved it. Now, if the calendar is correct, we are in September. That episode would have been released in August. So yeah, we're, we're a little early for a Christmas episode, but that's okay. That's okay. As we find out within this episode, it's Christmas and quite literally Christmas. The team is in the dressing room and they're all getting ready for their, their boxing day fixture. More on that a little bit later, but prior to the match, they are all have celebrating their first ever secret Santa party. And this is a wonderful segment where um, the, the, the players are exchanging uh, gifts with one another. And it was pretty brilliant as everybody kind of exchanged booze with one another. So you get that impression that the players do a lot of drinking and I got to tell you, that's something I definitely can get behind. So yeah, everybody kind of exchanged presents. Well, everybody except for Jamie, who apparently doesn't quite get the concept of secret Santa, but after going into the office where we, we see Ted and Coach Beard and Nate and Keely and am I forgetting anybody and Rebecca? They had a little impromptu uh, impromptu bottle of booze regifted for Jamie, so he can he can actually give somebody else a uh, a present. And Jamie thus becomes the the tiny Tim of the episode when he says very very cluelessly, "God bless me, everyone." Um, which also is really, really funny. But in between the the gift exchange, we find out what all the members of the Diamond Dogs plus the ladies are up to for Christmas, right? So Nate is going to be with his family. Coach Beard and his ex are off to a pagan ritual over at Stonehenge. Keely and Roy will be spending sexy Christmas with one another. Um, oh, Higgins will be inviting players to his house, like players that, you know, obviously they're not close to their, their home. So he's inviting all the players to his house who aren't near their own family. And Ted is going to be spending it over FaceTime so he can talk to his kid back in the States. And then Rebecca apparently is off to a party over at uh, Sir Elton John's house. So Rebecca, as always, is crushing it. 
So all of that is really all well and good. But as far as I'm concerned, the, the key moment of this scene for me personally was when we find out what the team's actual record is, right? Until now, we, we've known that they tied a lot of games and you know they may have sprinkled a loss. But in the background behind uh, Coach Beard, you actually see what their, what their record is. And their record is 4-4-14. Four, four, and 14. So they have four wins, four draws, and four, I'm sorry, four wins, four losses, and 14 draws. There's a really great visual gag on the, on the, uh, the whiteboard where it says W's for L's for D's 14, but as in right under it, it says D's nuts. So, you know, pretty, pretty childish, but I got to tell you, I do love me some childish humor at times. So yeah, they're sitting on 26 points. But what I was thinking, how cool would it be if like Ted Lasso's official website or their their social media page or something would actually have like a live table standings of where AFC Richmond are depending on like from like week to week right i know it's a little a little tricky to do but i think it would be cool to see where they are up against all the other teams in the in the championship i know that would be complicated and all but shit that's not really my problem my job is uh you know it's just to throw out ideas i'm an ideas man i'll let the i'll let the showrunners figure out what they want to do with it right um but no i think it would be kind of cool so yeah they're all just celebrating christmas before their their boxing day fixture and speaking of boxing day that now that's a term that probably most americans really don't know what that is i think some kind of have a basic concept but essentially boxing day is the day after christmas and, you know, it's a, it's kind of like a banking holiday. So everybody's off an extra day, but the holiday itself goes back to the 1800s. I want to say, essentially it's where people would box up some of their items and give them out to the poor. Now in Bermuda, where I'm from, it's also a celebrated day where our gumbay dancers, they have different like parades throughout the Island. And again, you know, you can, you can look up gumbay dancers and it's spelled G O M B E Y. And so that tradition goes back a couple hundred years and has obvious slave ties and roots for it. But yeah, so that's essentially Boxing Day. But in modern times, especially in the UK, Boxing Day is notorious, like a notorious day for, for football. Here in the United States, obviously on Christmas, the NBA, that you have a couple matchups on the NBA. In what is it, like college football, you have New Year's Day, things like that. But in, in the UK, Boxing Day is a, is a huge, huge day for, for football. So you've got lots of matches. And in the case of Ted Lasso, that is no exception here. So moving into the, the overall plot, we, we know what everybody is planned to do for this particular Christmas Day, but let's get into your overall plots. And the plots are pretty straightforward, right? You've got your A and B and C plot. Your A plot, we'll say, is Ted Lasso, right? We, we see a clip of him at home while his kid's opening up his presents. And way to go, Ted. He hooked his kid up with a, with a drone. Problem with uh, giving a kid a drone is that the kid's obviously going to want to play with a drone immediately. So his kid excuses himself from the, the FaceTime conversation. So he's speaking with his ex for a moment, but she gets tied up. And then that's it. You know, So a day planned with FaceTiming his son really becomes just a couple of minutes FaceTiming with his son. So, yeah, that's sad. So instead, what does he do? He just pops open a bottle of whiskey and proceeds to drink and watch It's a Wonderful Life. Now, I got to tell you, those are two things I thoroughly enjoy. Whiskey and It's a Wonderful Life. But being alone and watching It's a Wonderful Life while drinking half a bottle of whiskey probably isn't 
the the most ideal circumstance, uh, most ideal activity to do for oneself on Christmas. It's pretty pretty depressing. So we're like, oh, what's got what's what's going to happen with Ted? Well, wouldn't you know it? Rebecca literally shows up at his doorstep or his window step, window seat, soup, window soup, whatever. I don't know. Fuck it. Um, but literally, Rebecca shows up at his window and coaxes him uh, to go on a secret project. And that secret project is they're going around seemingly London to give uh, gifts and presents to, to kids in need, which is a very sweet moment. Now, the bigger picture is this is really just another opportunity to show Ted and Rebecca kind of you know, bonding and, 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 and connecting with one another, which also causes me to suspect, I think we are now in the midst of definitely seeing a little, even though they didn't, they didn't, they didn't flirt with one another, you're seeing more one-on-one time with them or probably, you know, coming across that Ted and Rebecca dating territory. So I don't know. Personally, the judge is still out. I'm not sold on it yet, but who knows? It doesn't mean that it's not cute and it's very idealistic, but again, I, I just have a, a difficulty seeing an owner of a football club and the head coach of said football club connecting. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a curmudgeon over that. I don't know. I don't know. But that's your A plot. Your B plot is your sexy Christmas, right? So unfortunately, sexy Christmas is on hold because Roy's niece Phoebe shows up. And unfortunately for Phoebe, she apparently has a horrible case of halitosis, right? Which she only discovers because a boy in her class essentially bullied her by buying her like mouthwash, a toothbrush, a toothpaste, right? But, and the name of the kid is Bernard. But, um, and naturally Roy wants to kill Bernard because how dare anybody say anything mean about Phoebe. But instead of killing the, the poor kid, Roy comes up with a different, different plan that they, they too are going to travel all across London. Uh, but instead of trying to find Bernard, they're going to look for a dentist, right? And which they do finally find and hilarious as, as it is, the, the child of said dentist just happens to be that, that ussy kid that we, uh, that we had from the pilot, right? The, the um uh the kid that runs into I think uh Ted and Coach Beard on the plane. He he wants an Ussy, right? Which here in the States we call him a selfie. I'm pretty sure they call him a selfie over in the UK, but the 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 Ussy language is really, really funny. And well, once again, he wants another Ussy, but not from Roy. He wants one from Keeley because Keeley played a uh, key role in his uh, seminal years, which I thought was really funny. But speaking of Keeley and sexy Christmas, gotta tell you. Keely really crushed it in this episode. Dare I say that Keely was uh, especially <clears throat> uh, sexy? And so that was another little fun plot. Roy and Keely and, and, and Phoebe and Toe just kind of going around London trying to find a dentist to cure poor Phoebe's bad breath. They get to the pharmacist. They get the meds. And they also get the, the pharmacist to hook them up with some poster board and a marker, which we will cover here in just a moment. And then lastly, your, your C plot. Higgins Christmas party, right? Well, it turns out it's much bigger than expected. They normally have like one or two people over, but in this episode, they virtually have like the entire team, which, which is great because you see players from different, different walks, right? You got Richard from uh, France. You've got Sam, obviously from Africa. You've got a Jamaican player. You've got a Canadian player. And we have a Jan Moss, our resident Dutch uh, Dutch player. He, he makes an appearance in the episode. Oh, and of course, Danny Rojas is, uh, is in this episode schmoozing it up with Higgins, wife, but it's, 
it's um it's it's you know it, it's a cute moment and there's a a really great line that Higgins says later and I'll get into that here in just a few moments but all in all very very uh, straightforward very feel good episode even by uh, Ted Lasso standards right I mean the show is typically very positive and this one is no no different but yeah I mean there really isn't I guess if you were to really like analyze it. There is no force of antagonism in this particular episode. I could, well, I say that, and then you really think about like Ted being alone. And I guess you can really like pinpoint and say loneliness is the the uh, the antagonist, or even maybe depression is maybe the the antagonist. And being around people, it actually in in, in kind of a, a similar way reminds me of the film about a boy or. Um, or rather the book about a boy, but in this case, I'm talking about the the film that starred Hugh Grant and uh, Shea Campbell forgot his name, but he's in virtually everything now. But Hugh Grant's character in the film really talks about the idea of we live in an island age, all men are islands. And, you know, the idea of being like closed off and maybe sometimes you you go back onto the mainland to connect, but we're seemingly very isolated where um, the boy, oh, Nicholas Holt, that's his name, Nicholas Holt, where Nicholas Holt, he believes that no man is an island, right? Uh, based on that, that famous quote, you need people around, you, you need other people to help you find happiness. And in this episode, they, they kind of, they kind of get into that, right? I mean, everybody, nobody is alone. And even when somebody feels like they're alone, there was somebody to, to bail them out. So in the case of, Poor little Phoebe, she feeling completely alone because she's got bad breath. Roy and Keeley were able to help her out. Or all the players who are technically all away from their own families and they're all alone. They all bonded over at Higgins' house, which was great. So they're all together. And then, of course, in the quite very literal sense, we're seeing Ted Lasso very much alone and sad because he doesn't have anybody with him. But Rebecca saves a day with her, you know, with her, with, with her showing up to. Uh, to 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 get Ted out of the house. So if I were to grade this episode, I'd probably give it a B plus. I don't think it's quite A territory, but I thoroughly did enjoy it. So that all in all is the episode. Let's do a little behind the scenes. So as I mentioned at the outset, this episode was a bit of a bonus episode. Apparently, while there were originally 10 episodes, it looks like we're now going to have 12 episodes in this season. So there were two standalone episodes we've got this christmas episode and then something yet to come so they added a couple couple more episodes and that was all done after the original like shooting ended so this was like an extra episode now at the end of the episode rebecca well actually the the actress hannah waddingham she she sings she sings a song and everybody kind of joins her for the song she's singing is christmas baby please come home right and in the episode those aren't pre-recorded vocals. She, you know, if you didn't know, Hannah is a professional singer and she did a cover of the song Frozen in an episode from the first season, but she essentially did that song while they were like recording the episode, which is kind of, which is kind of cool. Now the director of this episode, Declan Lowney, in regards to when they, when they shot this, keep in mind you know, we, we were shooting this during the pandemic and, or, you know, we're, we're still in the midst of this pandemic, but what he said is it was the first time that they had extras and cast numbers in such a big number. And it, it's kind of sweet because of the fact that while shooting in a pandemic and a lot of people missed Christmas, right? So he added that 
It's why the atmosphere was so lovely for that episode. Everybody was so happy that they got to be together and see each other's smiling faces, which I think, which is cute. Now, obviously regarding getting a Christmas episode in the month of August, or in my case, September, Declan Lowney also added, it's another chance at Christmas cheer. And since we all maybe missed it last year, it might be a good thing that we're getting it early when there aren't a hundred other Christmas commercials and episodes, which I think is true. And then he added, I hope people don't think it's too early for a Christmas episode. And I hope they'll rewatch it again at Christmas and enjoy it. So yeah, I, I, I don't really see too many faults with that. You know, I, I like the idea of getting something a little bit earlier. Now, will I watch this episode again at Christmas? Maybe, maybe. When I, you know, I, I am a sucker for like TV shows that do a good Christmas episode, right? Whether they were like corny or not, I don't, I don't really care. Like Home Improvement, they were like notorious, like in the nineties for their Halloween and Christmas episodes they did. Um, a lot of other like sitcoms would do it. But I think my favorite, my favorite television, like standalone Christmas episode was one of the episodes on the X-Files. And I think, I'm trying to remember who all, was it Ed Asner and Lily Tomlin? Definitely Lily Tomlin was in it, but Mulder and Scully go into a haunted house and it's just these two ghosts essentially tormenting Mulder and Scully for, for an hour. And in the end, everything essentially works out, but it's again, it's just a little standalone X-Files episode that I'm, that I'm a huge fan of that I will go back to watching all the time. Now, will I go back to this episode? I don't know. I don't know. I, while I give it a good like B plus, I think it still misses the mark in some ways, but I still enjoy this episode. And I think what I like is that whole idea of being around those you love or being around those who love you is, is special. And I, I, I think, I think that's good. I think so. I, so I like that. So from a quoting aspect, I already cited uh, Jamie Tart with God bless me, everyone. Um, ooh, uh, Higgins, Higgins to Sam in discussion in, in discussing Christmas. So Higgins says to Sam, back home, what does Christmas make you think of? To which Sam immediately replies, colonization, which Hick- Higgins like awkwardly responds, of course, man, awkward, but, but very, very funny. Mm, ooh, Ted and Rebecca, when they're walking through town and they're listening to songs, Ted says it made him think of the, the film Once. If you haven't ever seen Once, it's actually a really good movie. But Ted says, I love Once so much, I saw it twice. Now, admittedly, I've only seen Once, just once. But after this episode, I'll revisit it and see it for a second time. But again, if you haven't seen Once, check it out. It's a good movie. We have to have a Roy Kent quote. And this is when Phoebe, the scene where Phoebe is really like nervous and she doesn't want to breathe on everybody because her breath is terrible. And Roy lets her know that he's been around sweaty men in dressing rooms for the past 20 years. There's nothing that she can throw at him that won't like shock him. And then she breathes in his face and he has that moment where he's just trying, trying to keep it together. And like, it's not that, that shocking, but then finally he says, I think you may be dying. And, uh, poor Feeney, you know, she almost like died in that moment, but that was, that was, that was freaking hysterical. So I love that quote, but I think the quote of the week comes from a very, very obvious, you know, non, it's kind of like our little God bless us, everyone moment, but Higgins says to the family we're born with and to the family we make along the way, just a nice little toast. Um, and that's, and that's your episode. There were a couple, not many pop culture references, but 
in uh, the sexy Christmas moment, we had a leg lamp sighting from a Christmas story that that Keely lit uh, or turned on. And then obviously you had the love actually moment at uh, Bernard's house when Phoebe essentially, you know, put out the cards and they even had like the same, the same line that, uh, that was used in love actually is, you know, throw him a quid and tell him to bugger off. Right. So that line was in it. So she went through all the cards and then when she was done, she did like the double, like thumbs up again, same moment that you saw in love actually. So that was very cute. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I think, I think I enjoyed the idea of this episode a little bit more than maybe some of the execution. Of course, I am a huge sucker for like Christmas songs. I know that's kind of silly to say, but I think there are good, I think there are a couple of them, right? So you've got Christmas in Hollis, which is like the the opening song, which you've got from run DMC. But I think my all time favorite Christmas song, some might say isn't a Christmas song, but it is a Christmas song. And that's fairy tale in New York by the Pogues. Big fan of that. What about you? What is your your favorite Christmas song? Do you have one? This episode reminded me of when I was in London just a few years ago around Christmas time. And that was how remarkable that was, rather, because if you've if you've never been over to London, it, it, it's 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 a beautiful, it's a beautiful city if you want, if you want it to be. But the there's this great like Christmas festival that they've got like right on like the River Thames, right? There's just like this huge market and huge festival, and they'll have all these lights. And when we stayed over in London, we were at this huge, albeit ugly hotel. And when I say ugly, I mean, it literally is won awards for like the ugliest building. I mean, it's massive, but it was a good rate and the accommodations really were good. And the, the room wasn't bad. And our room, like the windows literally overlooked the uh, the Tower of London, which was freaking cool. Like we were right there like on the tower bridge. I forget the name of the hotel. You can probably Google ugliest hotel London and you'll see like this weird, you know, just building that you wouldn't think is a hotel. But anyway, uh, we stayed right there and we were able to like walk to, you know, this, this um, festival and parade and they had beautiful Christmas lights and, and, and mold wine and all these other like great things. And it, it made me think of that. And that was wonderful. And then while I was also there, I also saw Arsenal Football Club play and they beat West Ham. So that was really cool to see actually go to a professional like Arsenal match and watch uh, them beat a London rival and beat them. What was this? It was 1-0. They beat them 1-0. So yeah, that was fantastic. The, the hotel was shit, but the, the location couldn't beat that. And ladies and gentlemen, I think I think that's about all I've got in this particular recap. As always, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast as always, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just look for Stamper Cinema and like, listen, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And if you do listen to this on Apple Podcasts, I would really, really love for you to leave a review and rate this podcast. Be awesome. You know, I think I've got a few reviews and a few like five stars, and that's awesome. But let's come on. Let's let's keep it going. Let's let, let's let's build a little validity here. You know what I mean? No. Um, but I do appreciate everybody that takes the time to listen uh, to this podcast. So that's all we've got. I'll see you next time on another episode of Stanford Cinema. <laughs> <laughs>